When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshman. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Rose City Resale Sports Business Podcast, Ooh. The Sportacast. Ooh, good enthusiasm. Thank good you. creativity. You know I love a good alliteration. I do know I you think do. That's, you I think that's why friend. you did that. <laughs> uh, very, very high marks today, Novi Williams. We'll take really. it. Yeah, no, that's and, really good. I, I mean, so much so that normally this is where I will delve into a topic. <laughs> I'm going to even let you explain what a Rose City resale means, what, what we're talking about. By golly, that was good. Some breaking news from the Soshnik Novi Williams crew here, right as we're recording this. Should I do um, a Kevin Weeks? Should I do a video Kevin Weeks? Or, you know, just the forehead? Breaking <laughs> people news. People loved your news. last people one. People loved the, the first people one. People loved the last I, one. No, but there were, two, there were two, two schools of people those who knew what I was doing, paying homage to Kevin yeah. and sort of playing, you know, having fun with it. And then the people were like, you need to learn how to hold a camera. What are you doing, you idiot? Like plenty of that, which is why I love Twitter. Sure. Um, probably more of the you're an idiot than, hey, I know what you're doing there, Kevin yeah. Weeks fan. But anyway, go ahead, get to your news. Yeah, let's get, let's get to the news. Uh, <laughs> the Bethal family, Newport Beach, uh, uh, very so wealthy cow. family, obviously. Investors in the Sacramento Kings and the arena there are in exclusive talks to buy the Portland Thorns, the NWSL team, uh, a team that has has had a lot of commercial success in the past uh, in the past 15 years, a team that is being sold because of the fallout of the of, of the investigations into abuse around around women's soccer, currently owned by by Hank Paulson, Merritt Paulson, and, and, and Peregrine Sports. Um, a really interesting one here, Scott, and we can get into all of the specifics here. But from what we're told, uh, Bethal Family's exclusive talks. Uh, we don't have a price on the deal yet. Sportico values the team at sixty five million dollars, but uh, it, it's been a a big commercial growth. 18 months for NWSL, including a lot of new owners. And it looks like there's a decent chance the Bethals will be uh, the next newest owner in, in NWSL. Oh, I'm not even really, really sure you need me for this podcast. That was really good. You want to just keep going? <laughs> Do what you're, I can. Just, just, yeah, that was really good. Um, first of all, on price, yeah, we don't know the price, but I think this is going to be one of those where our uh, Kurt Bodenhausen great work is going to be right around where it should be. That's going to be the ballpark. But interestingly enough... And by the way, you know, we have the Thorns in Portland. We have yep. O.L. Rain in Seattle. We, we've reported that the Sounders are in exclusive talks to acquire that franchise. Mm-hmm. So just one, very good for the NWSL that this will be over, that new owners will be in place and we move on sort of past the scandal. Um, and if it is these particular owners, if they do cross the finish line, uh, you would say that these are good owners to have. They have synergies. They have operational expertise with other sports, clearly. So that is a good thing. Um, But there is a little bit of a thorny issue with this team (laughs) and this purchase. It's that the Paulsons control the venue. It's owned by the city. Yeah. But the Paulsons control the venue. And as you and I have discussed myriad times on this show, 
the holy grail is, or at least, well, before the regional sports networks melted, but in the big, big markets, the, the, the holy grail is the, the trinity. You want the team, you want the broadcast network, and you want the facility. So they don't have that here. You're likely, unless something is really in the air that we're not aware of, um, you're going to be a tenant in a building where the old owner controls not the ideal situation. Yeah, and and not only that, the 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 timber. So the it's the owners of the timbers, uh, yeah. the the Paulson family. The timbers have have provided so much infrastructure and and back end help to the Thorns. It was essentially the same organization. So it was the same general counsel, the same ticket sales, the same sponsorship sales, the same HR. All of that stuff was essentially shared between the two teams, which um, makes perfect sense. By which the way. makes That's perfect the way sense when be. they're part of the same portfolio. Yeah, same family. Yeah. Um, um, but whoever buys the thorns is going to need to build out a lot of that infrastructure, right? I, I assume that, that a lot of those resources are suddenly not going to be made available uh, if the team is under different ownership. So so it's not like a, a lot of other sales, let's say the OL Rain, for example, where when you buy the team, you're getting all the employees and everything that's built the commercial enterprise behind the team. Um, from what I understand, when you buy the thorns, you're getting the the players, the technical staff, the, the the coaching, et cetera, obviously some other assets, but but there's a a bit more that goes into building up your front office for the Thorns than there is for a lot of other NWSL teams or other teams that we see hit the market as well. I wonder also how many, let's say, sponsorship deals were commingled. Both, like yeah. It, it thorns, and I, I'm guessing that probably a majority, this is just guesswork, that a majority of those commercial deals included both franchises so now how do you extricate how do you resell one without the other how do you determine i mean not how you do it you model it and you determine what the value is if you're just getting one team or you have to negotiate with two different entities now if you want sort of soccer uh, male and female in in portland so um that's why i I find this to be a very interesting transaction and we have to see yeah how it moves it's not just a oh okay your standard one team is being acquired, and you know, but th- this has some wrinkles to it. It'll be it really goes, fun to see how they how they go about it. It goes as deep as this, Scott. The Portland Thorns official website is timbers.com slash thornsfc. So you even need to uh, extricate the website and, 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 and create its own URL and a whole new setup for that, most likely. So Have you gone yeah, on the that, USPTO? Have you gone on UPSTO.gov and checked to see what thornsfc.com is? Somebody sitting there waiting to do that? Do we have a a squatter? uh, That's a great question. We should look at that uh, before we publish this this podcast, Scott. Um, But uh, yeah, that that just shows how deep the... um, that's how deep the, 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 all of the, the overlapping between the timbers and the thorns goes. What was it? What did we say in journalism? Novi Williams, show don't tell? Yeah. You just showed. Good go. show. Very, very <laughs> good. Good, A good open, a good show. Like you are, you are determined, you are probably going to screw the next thing up. Because those <laughs> Almost are two, definitely. Those are two very strong things for you by, right, right Let's now. Let's talk about the Bethals for a second. Um, they, as we said, minority investors in the Sacramento Kings. you're a Kings. big World League of American football fan. <laughs> I know you've you got, know? I know you've know? got all those shirts and hats and banners and everything in your bedroom. <laughs> I was going to say, so So in addition to the Kings, which they were part of Vivek Ranadive's group that, that bought the Kings for, I think, $543 million back in 2013. 
What a great deal that looks like now. Um, Anything owned, bought in, in 2013 looks like a great deal now. That, that's fair, yeah. $2.5 billion, I think, is our valuation on the Kings right now. Um, they owned an American football team, uh, the Orlando Thunder. Is that it? I am yeah. forgetting even the Orlando Thunder in the in – the, what's the what, – what's the Was league? The World the, League of American Football. The World League of American Football in the, early, in, the <laughs> in the early 90s. Uh, so th- there is some deeper uh, sports uh, ownership history uh, with Raj Bathal and his family family. Um, they recently restructured their family office, Scott, uh, with the aim of focusing on, on three main verticals, real estate, sports, and, and commercial goods. They have a, the, the, the original business was a, was a Swim swimwear suits. company. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's clear that sports is a, is a priority of theirs uh, moving forward. Yeah, I, I would love to say. So Raj, what did you learn from the World League of American Football? What lessons learned from uh, the Orlando Thunder? That would be fascinating. Yeah. I would like to know, like, what what did you learn? What are the takeaways that you've utilized with the Kings? I, I wonder what kind of overlap there is there. I, th- I think you'd say the Kings was a better investment. It's yes, just, I, uh, I should have, have a yeah, hunch. Yeah, the NBA was <laughs> better than the World League of American <laughs> football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what else was a good investment, although mm. pricey as well? What? I know you know. A Man City? Man City. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> Manchester City. It's almost like we discussed this ahead of time. Uh, yeah, just we, lay out we, topics. Let's be yeah. transparent. How much time did we spend preparing for this? 30 seconds. I, 40, I was going to say, a we did a yeah. solid minute on saying, what do you <laughs> yeah. want to talk about? And it works better. I mean, you're reusing your Sportacast logo behind you from the last show. It did not get it, erased. I, so I'm surprised that's my, still uh, there. It makes my job yeah. easy. But uh, Badenhausen tells me Man City did $891 million in revenue, a record for the EPL, up yep. 16%. Um, does that include like all of Erling Haaland's, uh, um, all, all of his. Uh, the, the possible bonuses that he could get and in his contract because if he if there's anything like last year he keeps going on the tear then you know they'll wind up losing money yeah exactly exactly yeah the the the, the couple numbers that jumped out to me here uh the profit number the operating profit for man city last year and this is a historically successful year they won all three of the major cups in the uk say treble um, say treble won, won the treble it was a very successful season um the operating profit 108 million dollars um which is really good for a, a team of this size, given the second number I'm going to say, Scott. The player costs. Player costs, yeah, which are five hundred and thirty million dollars, more than half a billion dollars. They they spent on players. Uh, we we make these comparisons a lot because it's interesting. But the the salary cap in the NFL last year was two hundred and eight million dollars. Right, that that is the beauty of fixed costs. If you are an owner in the NFL, you're paying more than half. Fixed. It's yes. fixed, and it's more than half of what teams in the English Premier League are paying their players in a, in a very unfixed system. The, the 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 biggest soccer teams in the world are valued kind of similarly to the the biggest NFL teams. NFL teams are a little bit higher, um, but it, but it does show kind of the very different economics here. Where Man what City's is your paying, risk tolerance? If you if you don't have a very high yeah. risk tolerance, do not buy an EPL team. Exactly, uh, and and that that five hundred and thirty million dollar number is probably going to go up significantly in the next five years, and the NFL salary cap number is going to go up, but not significantly, right? The, in it, proportion it is, to it revenue, is probably yeah. a very clear and very proportional move there. So, uh, j- just giving a sense of the two economic differences there, because the Man City, according to Kurt, valued at at four hundred four point four billion dollars, um, which is about middle of the pack, right, for a, for an NFL team or so. Yeah, I mean, middle um, commander sold at six. There we. Go. Go. Here's your exactly. Comparison. So, um, so 
valuations may be kind of in the similar ballpark, but the economics of running these teams, again, uh, very, very different. I will tell you what I've heard time and time again in labor negotiations from the player side, and I think mm-hmm. I've said this before, that they will contend, the players will contend that owners are seeking an idiot-proof system. I am <laughs> Now, let me be clear as day. I am not calling anybody an idiot. What I am saying is the players often contend that owners, through the different vehicles that they want to put into their labor contracts, would love an idiot-proof system whereby any crazy could make money. You cannot screw it up. And I would contend, Mr. Novi Williams, that you, me, anybody, any of your crazy pals who uh, would be in charge of an NFL team would (laughs) find it really hard to lose money. Again, they are not idiots. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they have an idiot-proof system before a single ticket, sponsorship, uh, hot dog, foam finger, beer, anything is sold. You are going to make money on your NFL team simply based on the shared national media revenue. Yeah, the, the shared check was with three three hundred and seventy million dollars, I think, this year. And again, the salary cap was two hundred and eight. So you can do the math. Do the math. One hundred fifty plus million dollars. Do it of, <laughs> of, of wiggle room there after your biggest expense uh, before, as you said, before any of those local revenue numbers uh, numbers kick in. What's so, Jerry Jones charge for a tour of AT and T these days? You have any idea? That's a great question. I'm um, gonna go. Go ahead. You I talk for know. a second. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to guess that a tour, tour AT&T of, of AT&T Stadium is a nice stadium $50 is my guess. Price. 50? You think 50? I think you probably yeah. you can probably get more than that. Let me see. How much and I'm just going people ask how much does it cost a tour? So I'm just going to click on that. Hey, look at you. Adults ages 5 plus gate price 48.33. It says your price $35. Let's go. So let's say 40 dollar yeah. and a half off. Yeah. Yeah, how many and uh, you know I'm they they're like this is like you know, the Sistine Chapel. This is this is like, you know, the tours yeah. are crazy. This is like visiting a cathedral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so economics are You go are, to Dallas, what do you want to do? Yeah. I got to see the stadium. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the Meet Jerry Jones interactive experience. You know, the hologram Jerry Jones. I love that. Yeah. You don't get the uh, Michelangelo hologram in the Sistine Chapel. Maybe we should. <laughs> you should get that. Maybe you pay a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Best idea on the podcast. Wait, (laughs) educational. They have an educational tour right here. AT&T Stadium offers the world's largest lesson plan. Let AT&T Stadium do the teaching as students have an educational group ticket info. I'm doing this. is fun. I'm doing this. Hold on. Reject cookies. Okay. Oh, I have to put my name in and then they send me the stuff. So I can't do that. But I didn't know they had that too. Yes. Let the Cowboys be the educator. There's an art tour, by the way. Okay. Educational tour. Self-guided tour. Owner's okay. experience, so you can go to the owner's club and all that stuff. VIP guided, doesn't say who's guiding. It's like Emmett Smith walking me through. There's rally days. I don't know what that is. Prior to, oh, on game day. <laughs> you can do game day. This is awesome. I love this. L- listen to Scott surf the internet at the... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the but keep in mind, all, all this goes right to the bottom line. This is yes, all exactly. bottom line profit. 100% exactly. margin, boom, right to the bottom line. Because you already paid your players and that's all you got. 
and Manchester City can do some of those things as well. Obviously, we're not yes, we're, we're not implying that. But 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 again, the economics are are, are, are quite different. Uh, Scott, let's change pace here. Unless there's anything else you want to say on on Man City, um, a, a much smaller investment made in American sports uh, <laughs> this week. Um, definitely but by somebody my with a, but somebody with a with a good net worth though. Someone with a very good net worth, Warren Buffett. If you've heard of him, um, just bought up uh, a, a bunch of shares of the Atlanta Braves. I'll let you fill in the numbers here. But I, uh, I chuckled at the size of the stake here for sure. All right. So Buffett bought, what did I write down? I, I can't tell. I have an extra. I think that's the dollar sign. So it's $8 million, right? In Brave yep. shares? $8 million. $8 million dollars in Brave. And, but I, this is what I, I, Warren Buffett, he's held F1 for a while. Berkshire has had F1 for a while. But with yep. this, he gets Live Nation also. All Liberty Media holdings. Yep. So clearly, Warren Buffett is liking Greg Maffei and they're doing something right. He, like, he likes what they see. You know, what does Buffett do? He buys in. He lets the management stay in place because he was attracted to it for a reason, and he stays out of it, right? Um, I don't know. No, no word on what Charlie Munger thinks, by the way. Um, but notoriously, Warren Buffett just, like, wasn't a big sports guy. From what I remember mm-hmm. in my talks about Warren in sports, there was only one thing he liked and he owned, and it was minor league baseball. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I okay. think he owns some minor league baseball clubs, but that was about it. Which is a different um, economic and, model than sports. Yeah, the way com- that you and I talk about it. Yeah, you know, ab- it's a li- live event business. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, okay, so you know, Braves, you know, have they have a tracking stock, and Buffett bought in eight million, and I don't know, does he uh, does he come into the clubhouse and give give some pointers to the to the Braves? I mean, they're doing pretty well on the field. They're doing pretty well off the field. So. I, uh, I wonder if, got, got the attention of Warren Buffett. Good for them. I wonder if talking to his friend Alex Rodriguez or his friend Ndamukong Su uh, in any way influenced his uh, his thinking here around around, around live sports. S- Scott, I'll give you a quick tangent that you'll laugh at. When Love I um, when I joined Bloomberg as an intern, there is an intern test that everybody takes. Yeah. And part of the test was a bunch of very quick like word association. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? One of them was Berkshire Hathaway. By the way, I, I've never I heard had, of this. I didn't. I I'd never heard of this. This story? No, I've never. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that we oh, gave the intern the test. I yeah, yeah. There's happened. an intern test. I did historically bad on the test. Like, <laughs> I remember someone telling me years later that it was like laughable how bad I did on the intern test. It's a wonder I even got hired at all. Um, but the uh, one of the questions was Berkshire Hathaway. What is Berkshire Hathaway? And I had absolutely a, no idea what it a was. A fine actor. Uh, what did you, I thought did it you was like? A, I thought it was like a retreat in the Massachusetts woods where like some economic policy had been hammered out. <laughs> the Berkshires, <laughs> like, that's like nice. Bretton Woods or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that yes, was yes. my uh, that was that hey was my guess. on an educated <laughs> guess. I think you did darn well, yeah, darn good out, job on the on worked the out fine guess. for me in the end. But I remember. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, this reminds me. Yeah, they hired you. They did. Yeah, yeah. What did you have to do not to get hired? It's a, it's amazing. Another one. If, if we just want to continue this real quick, another one of the the questions was there was an editing uh, portion where you had to take a poorly written story and fix it. And one of the things in the story that was poorly done was that the price of of Coca Cola was listed three different ways in the story. It was listed at like $150, $1.50, and $0.15. And I recognized that there was inconsistency. But I, in my mind, I thought all stock was less than a dollar. That's just what I, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> so I edited the all the Coke shares down to $0.15. Cents. And I remember this person telling me later, it was like, yeah, yeah, it was obviously it was supposed to be $150. That was the price of Coke at the time. But like, yeah. you recognize the problem, but... 
didn't realize that the, the price of a Coke share was probably closer to $100 than it was to 15 cents. Yeah. So yeah, there was a bunch of things in the, uh, in, in the, in the Bloomberg intern test that I did, uh, I did not successfully uh, complete, and, and yet here I am. Um, that's very interesting, and yet I would say you, you got hired. You sat next to me, and here we are, all these years later. Exactly, is it worked out sports, for me. Is there a sports equivalent to what I've seen happening in the soft drink market, where when I was a, a youngin like you, or younger than you, you had the two-liter bottle of Coke, Pepsi, no matter what it was. Yeah, the two-liter bottle was ninety-nine cents. Like that was just the standard price. It was ninety-nine cents. Mm-hmm. Then it became dollar nineteen, dollar forty, whatever it's been. Now. Not only is the price reached, whether it's like $1.99, two plus, whatever it may be, but you're getting the smaller bottle. You're mm. getting the liter, the liter and the half, not the two liter bottle. Yeah, price you, goes up. You can't get a 16 ounce for well, exactly. $1.99. Well, no, you can. Think, That's yeah. the thing. You're better off buying a two liter than you are a 16 ouncer. Oh, That's, interesting. You're yeah. saying that the, the, the volume of, of, of soda is better to buy. In, in, yeah, yes. But yeah, still, yeah. The pr- you're getting less and the price has gone up. Is there a sports equivalent? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Is there a sports <laughs> equivalent where you're just getting, have they shortened the clock and you're getting less but paying more? Uh, there's certainly, a, 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 in terms of a share of a league, like as, as these leagues expand, if you bought an NWSL team at the beginning, you were one of eight. And if you buy an NWSL team now, you're one of 16, essentially, right? right? Um, which I know is not exactly well, what, yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, That's your little diluted. What, what you're talking about there. But there is some dilution there happening. Along with your experience, by the way, do you remember, our, we, we're not going to name the colleague or the former colleague and embarrass him, but do you remember the story where the phone rang one morning and our colleague is sitting there manning the sports desk and it's Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. And Mike said to our colleague, hey, do you know who Michael Milken Michael is? Michael Milken. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do remember right. this. Yeah. And, and our colleague said no. Yeah. Well, if I had gotten that phone call when I was an intern, I also would have, I definitely also would have well, said you, no. Well, you thought Coke was so 15 I, cents. So, yeah, obvi- obviously. Yeah. No, I'm I don't glad know I did not Milken. get that Who's phone Michael call. Who's Michael Milken? Also, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, Michael Milken would have liked uh, ESPN back. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing mm, Michael, yeah, yeah. You know, a little gamble there. Michael would have liked it. Uh, but I mean, this is an interesting story. ESPN bet launched yep. this week and listen, Penn tried with Barstool. Didn't work, right? It just spectacular. You, you know a lot about the gaming space. In essence, this is a branding exercise. Yep. That, that, that's what this is. This is a branding. You're buying a huge sports brand and the, and the people they reach, sports fans, the question is, will people go to something branded ESPN to bet more than, say, DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, and the myriad others? This is, this is a really interesting branding test. And you know me, I, I, I w- as, a, as a novice person in this space, always tell you I would be brand agnostic. Just yeah. give me whoever's giving me better odds, best deal. Even, I guess UX, because I, I would be really frustrated if I couldn't do things easily. So mm-hmm. UX would matter to me, yes. But to me, it would be about pricing. Help me out. What do you think about ESPN? I think you nailed it there. This is a, a big experiment, and it and it it's been tried in various ways a lot. This idea that media companies either partnering with owning their own sports books or branding their sports books, and then figuring out some easy way to funnel their millions in ESPN's case, hundreds of millions of people that 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 consume ESPN in some capacity funneling them over to the betting site in a cheaper way 
has been the foundational idea between behind a lot of sports books. You mentioned Penn, who's the partner in ESPN Bet. They tried this two years ago with Barstool, and and the whole theory was. Barstool has a smaller audience than ESPN, but one that very well very overlaps. Loyal. Very with, loyal. Very loyal and overlaps well with your gambling demographic. Very Young yeah, men, very sports fans. <laughs> exactly. Very Sitting, betty. Around, sitting around with 12 big screens betting on every single exactly. thing. And, and the whole point there was it's really expensive to acquire customers in sports betting. Barstool has the customers. It will be cheaper to get them to bet at Barstool Sportsbook than it will be for Penn National to get Barstool fans to get to them if there's not a connection there. And it didn't work. Penn lost a lot of money on on the Barstool Sportsbook. um, And and to the extent that they essentially severed the deal, Barstool went back to Dave Portnoy for a dollar, which we've talked about. um, And they're trying again with ESPN. There are a lot of people in this industry, Scott, who, who do not believe that this idea of cheap customer acquisition via a major media company but it works. is is a real thing. Yeah. And if ESPN can't do it, I would say that almost nobody can. Um, and, and it's interesting to me that the other newish sports book out there is the Fanatic sports book yeah. uh, has a different, but in, in some ways similar pitch here, which is that we have a database of ninety million fans. We we know so many of the sports fans in the country because in some ways they've interacted with a Fanatics product at some capacity. Can I argue that more ESPN users are are likely betters than Fanatics? Users? I think you can, I think you can make that argument. Yeah, okay, good, a, good, a lot right, of Fanatics good. buyers may be parents looking for T-shirts for their kids or yeah. or or fans who aren't interested in betting and and, and ESPN maybe has a, has a, a more valuable uh, data set. But again, the, I think the big question here is uh, if you are interested in, in willing to sports bet in America, have you already found a partner? Have you already found a number of them? Is ESPN going to get to new people? There's a number of states, obviously, that have not launched yet, so ESPN will be immediately competitive in those probably as well. Um, but I think the the big question here, and it's a big gamble by two publicly traded companies, it's Disney and it's, and it's Penn, um, does this model work if it's done properly? And one of the questions I have for you, ESPN has been gradually dipping its toe in the waters it's a it's part of disney obviously it's a family oriented business um do you think at this point gambling is so destigmatized sports betting is so destigmatized that there's any reputational risk or no reputational risk to the disney portfolio suddenly having an espn branded sports book um are people overthinking that underthinking that what do you think yeah they've been in so the big fights with with desantis and florida and so many yeah. things yeah i don't i don't think so yeah yeah i, I, I think like, oh, i i think i agree with that you know i i, I will tell you again when you do the small focus groups like my sister is still kids should be betting it's too easy it's on the phone uh, okay i let her rant and rave and i'm like enough whatever you know they she's get right they by the way. i know <laughs> but it, right. it's too easy yeah but yeah. she's she's not canceling espn <laughs> She's not saying forget the bundle yeah. and you know I'm not, or I'm not going to Disney World because ESPN now has a sports book and totally. the kids you know blew ten grand on that and now have to figure out how to pay it back. Yeah, that's just not happening. I was reading something while you were talking, so I knew you were doing really well. I can tell when you're on a good role, like one of your really intelligent <laughs> roles. So right. I just let I just let you go. But I also had an idea. I was like, I don't know why, but I was like, maybe at the end we'll let's recap the names we say in each podcast, like, and then we can tweet it out. Also, like, it's funny how we get from one place to another as we're doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We have the Bethal family, obviously. Yeah, uh, mentioned Erling Haaland. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Warren Buffett. We yep. mentioned Charlie Munger. We mentioned Michael Milken, Greg Maffei. Yep. You know, they all they all belong on this podcast, but I always think it's funny to say... Dave Portnoy got a... These are the collections... 
of people, you know, that that we we said on this podcast, and see if you can figure out how they all tie together. And should, then, should we do like the um, the way the Manning brothers do those little placards that have their guests before the show? Should we write it down after the show and then tweet that out? Yes, uh, and you could do it right behind you. Right, yeah, that would be right nice on the whiteboard with your, underneath with, the, with your uh, whiteboard. Okay. Right. Sign. Yeah. yeah. Gee, if I only knew the name of the Disney CEO, maybe we should maybe say his name too, or you know, maybe the head of ESPN. Bob oh. Iger. <laughs> Bob Iger. <laughs> Bob Iger. Is that how you say it? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's he's got a lot of things going on there, and this is a pretty big bet. You know, this is this exactly is not not like streaming. Big, <laughs> like how are yeah. we going to make money on streaming? Big, but but big. Let's yeah. see how it works out. All right, close right. the I'll, show. I'll add two more names to the list. Oh. Scott, one of them being Scott Soshnik. One me. And you can find him on Twitter at Soshnik. Uh, I am Evan Novi Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The Sportacast is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron. Cora Veltman, who is Sportico's digital media editor, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico media network.